Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here Friday night to lead you through these hard times. That it, with an instant reaction edition of your favorite professional wrestling podcast. That's right, getting over is back. It is Friday. We never tape shows on Friday night, but we have a good reason this evening because we learned on AEW Rampage just moments ago that CM Punk is going to be out of action indefinitely with multiple broken bones, some believed to be as part of his lower extremities. He will not relinquish the AEW World Championship. However, the company will indeed crown an interim champion By the end of the month is really what we know at this point. We'll get into the specifics in a moment. Getting Over is one of the few professional wrestling podcasts out there that ensure we hit you guys right in the feel spot. And we do it with our instant analysis shows for pay-per-views. And we do it with instant reaction episodes to major breaking news. And not only is the Silver King here to break this all down, but vintage Chris Vanini is here as well. Before I bring Chris in, a quick reminder that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. So please, folks, especially tonight, especially this weekend, head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Apple. Also leave a review. Let everyone know how much you love the show, how much you love our instant analysis and instant reaction podcast. Also, please do not forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. And before we get to the instant reaction, a very quick reminder what's coming up this weekend on Saturday. We will have a live pre-show on Twitter spaces for NXT in your house. You can get it by following us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. That's likely going to happen at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. And then we will have an instant analysis podcast for NXT in your house Saturday night as soon as that show goes off the air. Same exact thing Sunday, live pre-show on Twitter spaces, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday for WWE Hell in a Cell, and then an instant analysis podcast for WWE Hell in a Cell as soon as it goes off the air Sunday night. Okay, all of that out of the way, let's get to the breaking news. Chris, I don't know about you, man. I was not expecting to do anything like this tonight. I saw that CM Punk was going to be speaking on Rampage. I thought the way he termed it in his tweet was a little auspicious, a little curious, right? Uh, AEW seemed to tamp it down a little uh, in subsequent tweets. I, you know, Initially, when you hear someone is going to come out there to address their career and their championship, I mean, I don't know about you, my mind flicks directly back to Edge and Daniel Bryan. You know, guys who won a championship and within a very short period of time, a day, week, whatever the case, end up on TV relinquishing the title and announcing their retirement. So um, I know this kind of caught you all by surprise, but how did you first learn that something was going to go down tonight? After you answer that, I will break down what actually happened on Rampage. I learned because you texted me. I oh, was, okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize. I took it. I took an, I, I, I was watching a movie, but I was exhausted from a long day of, of work. And I kind of fell asleep slash took a nap. I woke up, but halfway through Rampage, or like the end of the Young Bucks match, I woke up. And uh, then you texted me, said, hey, are you around in case we need to do a live podcast? CM Punk may be dropping the title or retiring or something. I was like, what? So I had to go look it up and figure out what's going on. So that is how I learned. So thank you for the text. 
No, you're welcome. You're welcome. So let's break down <laughs> what happened. And, and there's tweets and DMs that have slid in here, and you guys will understand why uh, when we break this down. But a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, let's get to it. So about 10.35 p.m. Eastern with 25 minutes left in Rampage, CM Punk enters uh, with a depressed expression on his face, gingerly walking to the ring. He's wearing a plain white T-shirt. Uh, he got in the ring. His eyes were red and watery. Uh, fans started chanting his name, the standard CM Punk chants. He said that when he pulled up to the arena, every bone in his body, including the broken ones, uh, told him to turn around and go home. Punk said he had good news and bad news. He asked which one the fans wanted first. Obviously, everyone yelled. And he said he hoped that he has not yet disappointed the fans since returning uh, basically to professional wrestling. He revealed that he needs surgery due to a couple broken bones. He did not specify which ones. Uh, but he said the wheels have not fallen off yet and he has come back from worse. So he's clearly saying here, I'm not retiring, but I need to have surgery and I will be back. Punk said he told Tony Khan he didn't want to hold AEW up as an injured champion. He named, hey, he's like, there's a bunch of guys here that can carry this title. And he specifically named like the two most famous ex-WWE guys, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, saying these are the guys who can carry the title. Um, but he said, because of that, because we have so much talent here, I want to relinquish the championship. He then said, like, Tony Khan believed in him and told him to keep his head up. Uh, and he wasn't clear whether Tony accepted his decision to relinquish the title or not. Uh, as I said, the promo was basically as clear as mud. It just it didn't explain what was actually happening. Punk said he would come back bigger, faster, stronger and hungrier than ever before and would prove why he's the best in the world. Then he walked out with the title in his hands and did not put it down in the ring as one would normally do if vacating it. Chris Jericho, after commercial break, like coming back, the next segment on commentary straight up told us that the title was relinquished, which turned out to be completely incorrect. Uh, CM Punk will remain AEW champion, and we will get to the specifics of that in a moment. I first, Chris, want to discuss the biggest piece of this which is Punk's injury. There's actually a couple lights in which you can look at this, okay? Uh, the negative is the most glaring, of course. Now, I discussed at length over the last few weeks all of the reasons why AEW was putting the title on Punk, not just in general, but at this specific juncture, given the Warner Discovery stuff, ratings against the NBA playoffs, him being the one needle mover that AEW can truly count on, like every single time. So all of that, of course, makes this terrible for AEW, that he has to go away less than a week after this crowning moment, after seven years away from wrestling, coming back and winning the championship. But there's also like a sneaky positive side, because as I mentioned, he is the biggest needle mover the company has under its umbrella. And if you do want to look on a bright side here, they surely popped a huge rating for AEW Rampage tonight, a show that generally does not do particularly well, with the exception of the episode that CM Punk was on. Uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday is almost surely going to break the 1 million threshold, given the stakes that we'll discuss later, Moxley in the main event, and probably some confusion with people not understanding whether a new champion is going to be crowned or not. Punk is going to get another huge ratings pop for AEW when he returns, and he'll likely get another one after he merges the championships. So 
if you want to talk about moments and rating successes, like I kind of hate to say it this way, but I'm just looking at the facts that are laid out in front of me. It's tough not to recognize that AEW may have fallen like ass backwards into something that could even be more positive business wise than they initially planned. So I'll I, pause I, I here. Know about, yeah, I don't know about uh, more positive. Also, there is a NBA, could be. Uh, NBA could finals be. next Wednesday uh, as well. That'll that'll hurt the dynamite. Really. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. But so I'm, I'm going to pause here. I'm going to let you discuss, you know, what we saw from Punk's promo. Let's keep it there in Jericho. Mm. Um, the negatives I laid out, the positives I laid out. Go ahead. Give me your initial thoughts on this situation. The first thing is just sadness. Generally, like, like it was really cool to see CM Punk make a triumph for return to wrestling, work his way back up to being a world champion. Like it, it's something we never thought would happen. And as weird as the page, you know, the hangman page story was punk was really interesting. He's done a lot of interesting stories. The MJF stuff was great. Uh, and he is, you, you know, MJF cuts that big promo on Wednesday. He says, I'm the second minute to minute ratings draw in this company. Like we all know CM Punk is number one. He's number so, one. So yeah. So and CM Punk um, and, and MJF is completely removed kayfabe from AEW yes. stuff. He's off the website. Yes. He's off the intro. So, everything. Yeah. yeah. So so there's a lot of things they could do. And in that so well okay first off, it really sucks with Punk. Hope he's okay. Don't know exactly. We don't know exactly know what it is. You know we know he landed on his knee weird a couple of times trying to do the buckshot lariats. He was limping on Wednesday. Really sucks because the, the the main event was a lot of fun, a good match. The six man Tobin Dynamite was an awesome match. He's been he's been you know work him working Adam Silver working all these other guys. It's been really fun to just see him Adam Silver really John Silver. Um, <laughs> I was I, NBA is on my TV right now. So well, that 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 pops into my head because I, I that, mean the, the, com, that the commissioner been, I, having two thirds of the same name as me. It always kind of pops. Yeah, the the the, uh, the the Warner execs probably would like that one. Yeah, but he he's been having a hell of a time just wrestling again and it's been fun to watch him have that much fun so it's gonna really suck to see this happen to him at this moment it, it reminds you of edge it reminds you of dan o'brien it reminds you of finn balor winning the first universal title and immediately having to relinquish it so yeah it, it, it sucks more than anything I, I i think um uh just that we won't be able to get to see that i'm going to uh blood and guts dynamite uh, in detroit at the end of the month I was looking forward to seeing CM Punk. And now how do you my, get the how do you randomly friends? luck in to like these notable AEW yeah, events being where you are at a given time? It's well, this wild. one's in Detroit. I'm going up to Detroit to. But are you with, purposely with going for that? No, I'm going because it's the one in Detroit, and my brother and I are going to go. So, but I'm saying, are you uh, going to Detroit to see that show? Like, is that the that reason you're going that yeah. week to see that Dynamite? Yeah. Oh, it is. Not, okay. Okay. Got yes. It. Yes. Yes. But it, it, I found we found out this week it was blood and guts. It just turned right. out, happened to be something. Oh, so, so you were going up anyway, and it happened to be blood and guts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You randomly luck into I, yes, like I do luck into it's, them. This yes, is insane. Right. Bat, Battle of the Belts is here in Dallas. Winter is coming. Was here in Dallas. Yeah, that's so crazy. I'm going to blood and guts. It's all. all right. I mean, AEW is a lot of special events. So I know. But, so anyway. so moving forward, you're, I, I believe you're right that there is a lot of opportunity to do some unexpected and fun things. And look, we often say WWE is at its best when its back is against the wall, when something unexpected happens and it has to figure out something on the fly. That's when it does it, uh, its best. The problem is, I don't know if I trust AEW to do that. They, their on-the-fly stuff is very, very messy, as we saw by this announcement tonight. And uh, I don't know if they'll be able to exactly 
capture it the way that they need to. Well, well, they could, but we'll have to see. I don't have as much faith in them in that as, as maybe I typically would with WWE. That's a relatively fair point. In many ways, WWE operates at its best when it's backs against the wall and it needs to kind of book on the fly. Now, that hasn't really been the case this year. Uh, if you look at the decision they made at day one and really what they did yes. on that Raw, although Oscar was the right person to win, that wasn't the best quote unquote booking on the fly that they could have done. So this year, maybe not, but historically that is true. Um, But yeah, you know, I I think everyone's going to focus on the negatives, you know, when it comes to punk and the list of positives that I kind of gave there, you know, it's, it's not positive. We don't want the guy injured. I, you know, no one wants CM Punk to be hurt and out of action and going through pain and surgery and rehab and all that type of stuff. But again, when the facts are laid bare on the table and you say, well, is there more money in this guy just being champion for the next four or five months? By the way, yeah. Okay, there is Forbidden Door. That's gonna, it's already sold out in terms of tickets and it's gonna do a great uh, buy rate no matter mm-hmm. whether Punk's on the show or not. You know, maybe there's a couple people who are gonna buy it for CM Punk. I promise you, people are buying it because they wanna see AEW versus New Japan. So that show's gonna do fine. The next uh, pay-per-view, I'm not off the top of my head right now. It's really late. I'm not thinking about what it is and when it is. It's probably Labor Day, I would assume. It's Labor Day. I don't think he would be back by then. Probably will need another month or two after that. But he maybe is only going to miss one pay-per-view and they're going to have an interim champion. Uh, again, as long as it's broken bones that are not in serious you know, places. I assume it's ankle, maybe leg, you know, ribs, something like that. I, I have to imagine it's... Not, the guy wrestled on Monday and then he was able to walk to the ring relatively okay. Uh, sorry, uh, wrestled Wednesday. on Wednesday and was able to walk to the ring relatively okay on Friday. So I have to believe it's not like terrible broken bones, but I, I digress. Um, so because of that, you think, well, what would have done better business? Punk as champion for the next four months or this, you know, swirling uncertainty with Punk coming back? And then winning the, taking the interim champion and merging them shortly after that. I think that has an opportunity to do as good, if not better business. So let's put that aside. Uh, And let's get to the way AEW is going to determine uh, its interim world champion. So as I noted, CM Punk was completely unclear with what the situation was during his promo. And I think it's acceptable for that to happen right? Because he's caught up in the moment. He's getting emotional. He did end up, by by what he said, he did actually set the stage for what is going to be the case. He just didn't make it completely clear. The problem was no one made it completely clear. So you have Excalibur on the call. You have Chris Jericho sitting there. I believe Taz was there in that Mm -hmm. moment. So you have three people who are more than capable on the mic of explaining the situation and what's to come. And either they did not know what the situation was going to be, or they completely screwed it up. No one more than Chris Jericho, who, as I said, said not just going to commercial, but coming back uh, into the next match that CM Punk had indeed relinquished the championship, which he has not done. <laughs> so m- massively messy in every possible way, just horribly executed. So here's what is actually happening. So during the main event, uh, which was, you know, Dante Martin, Scorpio Sky. So it's a, it's a fast paced match. There's a lot of action. Excalibur is on the mic. 
He's trying to simultaneously explain what is actually happening with the interim world championship and call play-by-play -play for the match. Which Don't do uh, that. Which, okay, is impossible. I couldn't yes. do it. Jim Ross at his heyday, at his prime, I mean, maybe JR could have done it. Maybe no. Vince McMahon, like, you know, in his prime as play-by-play -play man, maybe they could pull it off. 99% of people could no. not, Excalibur included, and he does not deserve a shred of blame because he was doing the best he possibly could. But during the main event, he's trying to breathlessly explain the situation, which was he didn't even fully clarify on air, but has since been clarified through social media, etc. Here's the deal. Here's what's happening. And yes, I will you know preface this by using a term I used to use all the time back in my old podcast. It is convoluted as hell. CM Punk will remain AEW world champion while he is out of action indefinitely. AEW will crown an interim world champion at Forbidden Door. That's the easy part. Very normal. Okay. Wednesday on Dynamite, there will be a battle royal to open the show. The winner of that battle royal will fight John Moxley, who is named the number one contender in the main event of Dynamite. The winner of that match will be the one advancing to Forbidden Door. So let to me face, break to, to, for, to face TBD to face the other part of this. to face shrug emoji, you know, or, yeah. you know, so so let's break down what's wrong with this. And there's a lot of things that's wrong with it. OK, first of all, a battle royal is not a good way to determine a number one contender, let alone it's the number two contender, I guess. It's the number one contender to the number one contender match. Right. So so it just it's not a good way to determine it. You and, have a rankings yeah. system, okay? And I realize that Adam Cole, he's currently number two on that ranking system, and he's legitimately injured. So you tell people that he's unable to compete. It's fine. But you have a ranking system in place. So why don't the number one and number two match up? Okay, whatever. But there's a battle royal. It's not a good way to determine you know, the first person because a battle Royal is not really a wrestling match in the general sense. Now they theoretically could make it one, but still at the end, you're throwing someone over the rope. You're not exactly pinning them or submitting them, whatever. Let's move on. Moxley, it, he can be declared the number one contender, uh, just like in boxing or an MMA, you can take someone who's ranked eighth in the world and declare them as the number one contender, even though they're not the number one person that's ranked. But very simply, Mox is not number one on the rankings right now. Wardlow is number one. And you know what? Wardlow deserves to be number one because he just beat MJF, this guy who is like your, your top dude, right? He may not be in the company right now in kayfabe, but he's your top dude. He just beat him in the opening match of your last pay-per-view. Meanwhile, John Moxley, granted it wasn't a singles match, he lost the anarchy in the arena and he did beat Daniel Garcia on Dynamite, so he did have a singles win also recently. Wardlow also squashed Shady Drake, not as good of an opponent. Point is, Moxley is number four on the AEW rankings with Hangman Page above him, the guy who CM Punk beat for the title, who had a six-month title reign, yet Moxley is the one being declared the number one contender. I should also note, Hangman Page already has a match announced for uh, Dynamite, and they did not change that, at least in current advertising. So not only is he not 
the person that needs to be faced at the end of the show, which in my opinion would have made the most sense. Okay. But he's apparently not even in Battle Royal because he's in another match. And lastly, what has not been explained is who the other challenger is going to be at Forbidden Door. They had previously announced CM Punk versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Is Tanahashi about to challenge for the AEW World Championship despite him never having an AEW match? Are they going to debut someone at that show? Would it make sense for either of the people that they theoretically could still debut? Cesaro, I guess, or Johnny Gargano? Those are the only two I can think of. Would it make sense for either of them to immediately get an AEW World Championship match? No, it wouldn't. Uh, And lastly, Chris, and you can go through these in whatever order you want. Why the hell would you not crown a new champion on Dynamite in the Moxley match main event that you've set up? Pop a fucking massive rating and then have three weeks of build for Forbidden Door with that new champion against either Tanahashi or maybe you change it and give him another opponent. So hopefully my explanation in terms of what AEW said makes sense to everyone. And hopefully my expectation explanation of why that doesn't make a lot of sense makes sense to everyone as well. While you were talking, AEW just tweeted out the new power rankings. Number one, John Moxley. Of course. Number two, Wardlow. Number three, Hangman Page. Number four, Adam Cole, who dropped down for whatever reason. They, they, they have an up arrow on Moxley, no arrows on anybody else. I don't know. So their contention, their contention is that Moxley jumped from four to one because he beat Daniel Garcia. Uh, yeah, apparently. That's it, it. So have you seen the movie Jingle All the Way? Yes, at some point in my life. I'm surprised you've seen it. Oh, it's my favorite Christmas movie. So <laughs> there, there's a scene in the movie where Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger are told, hey, this radio station is giving away Turbo Man. If you call and you, you name the Santa's reindeer, you you can get a Turbo Man. So the phone doesn't work. They have to run to the radio station and they break in and they say they got it. And they're like, give, give it to me. Give me give me the Turbo Man. And the guy explains, no, I said you would you could get a Turbo Man eventually. The winner of this contest actually gets a gift certificate to get a Turbo Man at some point in the future. That's what this sound. That's what this whole thing reminded me of was, was like. You, it's for this, except for it's not, except for when it's happening. Excalibur had to stop calling the match to explain this. This is way too convoluted to explain while you're also saying, Dan, what's Dan Lambert doing? And stuff like that. It was, <laughs> right. It, right. Was, it was a mess. I do put part of it on Punk because it should have been made clear to him. It should have been made clear to him that he is to explain that he is the champion. It was not clear by him. This, the, let me this briefly is, interrupt you. Let me yeah. briefly interrupt you and then you can get back to it. Punk should have clarified that he wanted to relinquish the title. Tony said, I am not allowing you to do so. I will name an interim champion. Then, then, once that segment ends, you have Excalibur say, folks, this is huge breaking news. When we come back from commercial, we will have a more full explanation of what's going to happen when we name a new AEW interim world champion. Yes. And you had time to figure this out. Plenty of time. Hours ago, this was not in the middle of the show that Punk decided to do this. So a a real, again, I say it all the time. AEW has a problem with landing its big moments because it's too confusing and they either don't go over it enough and the production's a problem. 
And they do, they just, they mess up stuff like this a lot. And it's a problem. And we, we saw this again here. I don't know how that's not like, yeah, WWE overproduces things way too much, but sometimes things need to be overproduced and, and be made clear. And this Overexplained, is yeah, agreed. So as for this situation to, to figure it out, I don't love the battle royal idea. It's weird to have a battle royal to face somebody else to face somebody else. But the other issue is that AW doesn't even do good battle royals. They're generally not... True. Very well done. They, they just have not nailed it. I don't know if this is going to be one of those with the Joker or not. There's the ones where like four or five people come out at a time. It's it's a real mess. I would have just done a tournament. Take the top four. Take the top six. Do it over two weeks. This way also, you don't have to go up against the NBA Finals Game 3 Correct. Uh, on this uh, on this first, first Dynamite. Tournaments, AW, not always great with them. The Owen Hurt tournament was not great. But it's a lot more clear. The stakes are there, and you're going to get a hell of a lot of good wrestling out of it. Uh, this was just completely convoluted, and the idea that you're going through all this process, <coughs> all this process to name a number one contender without knowing who the other person is, is a big problem. It's probably <coughs> probably going to be Tanahashi, but to not know that right now is a bad look. Well, it wouldn't even make sense for Tanahashi to to be the challenger because. Why should a guy who's never even had an AEW match challenge for the interim world championship? I I know Tanahashi is Tanahashi, right? Like this is the ace of New Japan, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, like a legend. It's like John Cena coming back to WWE and challenging for the title. He doesn't need to beat anybody to do it, right? Um, Or even John Cena showing up in AEW. He theoretically wouldn't need to beat anyone, I guess, to challenge for the title. But this is a different company in a different country. And there's so many wrestlers on this roster. Why not have Wardlow in that spot? By the way, is Wardlow even going to be in the Battle Royal? When right. are we going to find out who the person is at Forbidden Door? Could it be MJF? Is that possibly so, the booking where they say where they say in order to get MJF back and make him feel good, Tony Khan gave him a new contract and put him in the... AEW World Championship match. So if you want to, if you want to get your biggest ratings, you do it MJF. You you go you with MJF now. He's your second biggest minute to minute draw now. The biggest one you've got, and he's hot right now. And you do it. That would be the best ratings move. The problem is, it would honestly kind of kill the story for him yes. to yes. for him to have all that drama last weekend. Yell at Tony, fire me, fire me, you fucking Mark, fire me. And then to get put in the battle royal a week later, like that's just that kind of kills that story. It just, well, no, no, no. no. I'm, uh, let me clarify. No, 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 no. Hold on. Pause. Thirty second timeout. Yeah. I am not saying to put him in the battle royal. No, I'm no, saying no. That, I'm just saying. I'm yeah, saying I'm to saying, have MJ. I'm saying to have MJF be the guy at Forbidden Door. Oh, okay, okay. That that he would advances. That. He jumps the line. He goes all the way. He somehow wins over Tony, or the or he wins over the Warner Media executives who mm-hmm. overrule Tony Khan. There's ways you can do that anti-authority where like Warner Media overrules him. MJF is their guy. Tony's trying to fight them. And you have that kind of, you know, two sides going to get, you know, Tony wants the ex-WWE yeah. guys. Warner wants MJF. There's something you can do there. I'm not saying it's the yeah. right thing, but I'm just saying yeah. it is something they could do. I would not be it that is, That is better than, I've, I've just, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter already saying he, he should be the guy putting him in a battle royal. If you do that, it just, definitely not in the battle royal. Your idea is better. It would still kind of, 
it, it would still basically end the story there, kind of, uh, but it would still have been played out a bit longer and the pop would be crazy and the moment would be insane. Um, so that's a weird spot about this is that like, you know, to have a guy rage against the authority and stuff like that, you kind of, the, the authority has to be in a strong position. And right now it's not because of what just happened. True. Now, if I was booking it, just a little fantasy booking type of deal. Um, this is simply what I would have done. Just letting you guys know, uh, I would have, it, it you know, we'll give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt with John Moxley in that number one contendership spot. Uh, there's two different things I would have done. One, uh, I would have done a gauntlet match instead of a battle royal to open the show. I would have had Wardlow start with whoever. I'd have Wardlow go the distance in the gauntlet and then go to fight John Moxley, beat John Moxley, and win the AEW World Championship. You just go full freaking steam behind Wardlow is what I would do. If not that, and it, whether you don't want to crown Wardlow yet or you want to play it out further, which is what Tony obviously is doing by having the uh, championship be decided at Forbidden Door. Uh, what I would have done is book the tournament, just like you said, very limited. Uh, all former AEW world champions would have automatically been in it. So mm -hmm. you have Hangman Page, Chris Jericho, uh, John Moxley, right? And oh, oh mm -hmm. I guess Kenny Omega is potentially injured. Check on Kenny's status. I'm sure he's still hurt. But those three guys automatically in with, I don't know, maybe they all get, all those people get buys. Those three guys all get buys. You fill out the rest of the tournament with whatever number makes sense. Uh, maybe it's 12 with three buys. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but you do that. You run it over a three-week period of time. And on the go-home show before Forbidden Door, you crown your new AEW world champion in the main event. And then whoever the challenger is going to be from New Japan walks out and steps right in front of them. And that's yeah. your go-home moment for yeah. your big temple new pay-per-view with New Japan. That's what I would have done if I had my druthers. If I had the book, I would have booked this short tournament over a few weeks with it culminating on the go-home to Forbidden Door so that the match on Forbidden Door featured your new champion rather than decided your new champion. Yeah. Look, it, it's not an ideal situation, obviously, to, to lose your champion a week after. Uh, also, Jericho just tweeted, I misspoke. He's not relinquishing the title. He needs to get surgery, which puts him on the shelf indefinitely. So Jericho has corrected himself as well. Um, look, obviously losing your champ five days after he won the title is the absolute worst possible situation. There is no... I, you know, there is no obvious great plan because, you, you know, you, you didn't have that personally in terms of just like where the championship should go next. I think they need to go back to having a heel champion, whoever that is. It's just wrestling in general, too, is just it's more interesting when you have a heel champion because then you have then you have a chase to go on. You know, the, the Adam Page uh, reign got boring because, mm -hmm. you know, he was the guy he, he had breached the mountaintop and then he just was sitting there for a while. He, the heels create natural storylines and matches and stuff like that. So I, I, I think whoever it is should be a heel. But as I think about it, you know, those top rated guys, Wardlow, Moxley, I think Jay Lethal was number five or something. Like that. Yeah, like, he is. It makes no sense. It, yeah. there, there's not. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't make Jay Lethal my champion. There, there's not a lot no. out there. Adam Cole lost two title matches. I don't, you know, he's, he's you could kind theoretically of, you could theoretically bump Miro really quick in that battle royal. Yeah, he just I'm came just back. Trying, it's tough. And, and that, that's what I'm saying, too, is like 
people are going to be behind MJF when he has the title. I know John Cena, CM Punk back then was, you know, Cena was a face, but I don't know. It, 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 it's a real tough situation in terms of who you kind of make your champion now. And not just the person you want to see as a champion, but the person who just kind of makes for more natural, interesting stories. And heels are typically like that. And since AW just had a face versus face championship and their biggest heel is kind of a tweener now in MJF, kind of puts the heel roster in kind of a, a tough spot. Let's end it on this because uh, this is an instant reaction. We're not going to go too long. Chris, you have the book. Who are you booking as the next AEW world champion? Chris Jericho. Interesting. That, that's interesting. what that that's what I'm going with. And for for somebody else to then take it off of him, maybe in a month, maybe two months, or, or something like that. But for for this specific event, presuming they're fighting somebody from NJPW for the title, um. I would go heel, and to, to me, I think that's, based on who's left, I think I would go Jericho again. Yeah, so I look at it two different ways, right? Um, who would I pick, given the booking that we have now been presented with, right? Mm-hmm. And who do I book um, if I have my druthers and I can do it however I want? If I could do it however I want, as I said, I, I would book Wardlow, just because you strike mm-hmm. while the iron was hot. I thought they made a huge mistake Wednesday, having him fight J.D. Drake and squat going, going yeah. back to squashing people after just yeah. beating MJF and having this crowning moment. Why not have him actually wrestle real people and like, and have a really entertaining, great match and put this guy over even stronger than he was before. I, I, I don't understand what they did with him. So I would just, I would have just kept going with Wardlow and, and just pushed him as strong as I possibly could. If it's not him though, and, and we're dealing with this circumstance that AEW has created, like you put it on John Moxley and he's currently in the BCC JAS feud. You put it on Brian Danielson. He's in that feud as well. Jericho is also in that feud. Hangman Page has nothing to do. So I would consider maybe you just go right back to Page, reset mm-hmm. the deck and start a fresh storyline coming out of Forbidden Door for him. So, you know, maybe that's the move. Again, I don't think he's going to be in that battle royal, but it would make a lot of sense him beating Moxley would reestablish him and him possibly beating Tanahashi. I mean, basically almost no one bigger. Sure. Okada, you know, definitely in new Japan, but it's one of the biggest guys in new Japan. Suddenly this guy's reestablished coming out of the punk loss. Um, and you kind of reset the deck. So, and, and you can, and you can turn him heel and you turn him heel. Absolutely. He'd been kind he'd been really kind of leaning toward that. And I liked it. And I wanted them to do more of that in the punk deal but they didn't do it. So you could do this now, you know, say, you know, he, he, he realizes he messed up his chance by not hitting punk with the belt. He's not going to make that mistake again. He cheats to win and beats yep. Tanahashi or whoever like well, that. And just this is what you all do. out heel page. I would be all in on that. This is what you do. You, you have him win the battle Royal uh, at the opener, the middle of the show, he cuts a promo mocks. You're just like punk. You know what I mean? Like, like he, you know, page never did the, you're a former WWE guy type of deal. But he can, you know, Mox is one, right? And he's certainly mm-hmm. a former champion there. So he could, in a promo without Mox responding, he could pretty much say something similar. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to make sure that you don't take over AEW the way you did, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm going to make sure that it's our AEW. And then you get into that number one contendership match in the main event. He cheats to win somehow. Uh, maybe, you know what you do? Because he didn't use the championship um, against Punk and and 
his hesitancy there cost him. You have him cheat this time. You have him use mm-hmm. a steel chair or a title or whatever the case. Knock out Moxley, hit the um, buckshot lariat, win, move on to Forbidden Door, cheat again, win the championship back. It would be a great short character arc for Hangman. It resets the deck, puts him as a heel with the championship and allows you to kind of do, I mean, we don't know exactly what they were going to do, but maybe something similar to what they were going to do. So it would be Wardlow if it was a sprint. If we're going to go with AEW's current booking, then yes, I would do Hangman Adam Page and I would turn him heel and I would make him the next champion. Yeah, so so we're both together. I'm thinking it makes more sense for a heel champion. Probably. It's tough to know what AEW had planned for for Punk because all they had really set up was like Tanahashi on Wednesday. Tanahashi Mm -hmm. walks out, doesn't say a word. They're like, all right, we're having a match. (laughs) And... And no one like stepped up as like, hey, Punk, I'm coming after you for that title after Forbidden Door. You, th- you would think we would have gotten that, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a really interesting. Yeah, so, weird, weird hey. situation. Hope, hope Punk comes back as, uh, as quickly as possible, more, more than anything else, really. Tough news there. And uh, took 25 minutes to figure out exactly what the hell AEW is doing. It did. But we have, we would have, we this event, show would have been up way earlier if, if it was clear. I can promise you that. Yeah, yeah. It definitely I'm glad we could do this. Yeah, absolutely. So look, uh, we've only done so many uh, instant reaction news uh, podcasts here, but this is certainly our latest uh, and we will wrap it up just before midnight Saturday morning here on the East Coast. So thank you all uh, for joining and listening uh, to our full breakdown of CM Punk's uh, injury and definite absence from AEW and what is soon going to be a uh, newly named AEW interim world champion. We will be back before the weekend is out with not one, but two more podcasts, instant analysis of NXT in your house on Saturday night, instant analysis of WWE hell in a cell on Sunday night. As I mentioned, we will have live pre-shows for both on Twitter spaces. Be sure to follow us at getting overcast so you can listen to those and join in. Uh, Do not forget, we will be back next Tuesday with our regular WWE show. And then on Thursday to talk all things AEW and NXT. And surely we are going to have a lot to talk about given what is going to go down Wednesday night on Dynamite. Thank you all for listening to this show. One more reminder before we get out of here that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. So head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Apple. Also, leave a review. Let people know how much you love the show, why you subscribe, and why people reading your review should subscribe as well. Thank you all for joining us for this instant reaction edition of the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast for Vintage Christine. This is the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, signing off with three final words. Bye for now. Thank you.